Hey, everybody. Uh, let's talk about community. And uh, you may wonder what I mean by the word community, because we use it in a lot of different ways. For instance, uh, we can say uh, the word community and mean a town, like uh, Fairfield is a beautiful community. Or uh, we can use the community to talk about how a group of people uh, share a common object. Uh, like when I was in college and uh, uh, my entire dorm floor had a dozen guys sharing a community shower, <laughs> which is using community as a very pleasant word for a very unpleasant experience. I'm not using community in uh, those ways. Uh, I'm using community in a very specialized way. By community, I'm referring to a web of relationships which becomes the context for giving and receiving love, support, encouragement in Christ-centered friendships. Uh, if I'm in this kind of community, then uh, I'm in a web of friendships with Christ followers where I'm growing in God's love and experience of God's peace as I give and receive in a relationship with God's people. I didn't invent this idea of community in Christ. Uh, this idea that God's people thrive in community is a biblical teaching that goes from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. For instance, the Bible teaches that the Father created me to thrive in community. Now, there's a reason I say the Father created me to thrive in community. It's because what I'm going to say today is going to follow three thoughts that correspond with the three members of the Trinity. The Father created me to thrive in community. The Son calls me to thrive in community. And the Spirit causes me to thrive in community. And I'm emphasizing the Trinity because... That's who God is. God is the three in one. And this truth that I am created for community doesn't start with who I am. It starts with who God is. Sometimes we wonder, how could it be? How could it be true that God is and always has been love and yet he is also the pre-existent creator of all things. I mean, if God is the pre-existent creator, then what does it mean that God is also love when for eternity past he was all by himself? How could God be love when he was all by himself? Well, Jesus answers this mystery with a deeper mystery known as the Trinity, that God could be love all by himself because from eternity there was also a, always a love relationship between Father, Son, and Spirit. And Jesus refers to this Trinity truth when he prays this. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. So why do I thrive in community? It's because 
God is community, and I am created in God's image. This is a truth that goes back to the very first pages of the Bible, uh, where God looks at Adam and says, it is not good for the man to be alone. God created me to thrive in community, and when I don't have it, it is not good. And this is something that scientific research is confirming more and more all the time. Uh, There's a California study that tracked 7,000 people over nine years. And researchers found that the most isolated people were over three times more likely uh, to die than people who had social uh, community in built into their lives. Uh, they found that social people, even with poor eating habits and no regular exercise, these social people lived significantly longer than isolated people who had great health habits like jogging and eating vegetables. And this, my friends, is the research I have been waiting for my whole life. (laughs) I hate exercise. (laughs) And you know what this means? This means that through the progress of research, we are this much closer to the proof that the communal eating of Cinnabons is the fountain of youth. This close. We're getting this close. We're getting closer and closer. All right, back to theology. Back to the theology of the Garden of Eden, where uh, Adam and Eve have this perfect community between themselves and with God. Uh, They have such a deep love and trust, Adam and Eve, between each other, that it says that they are naked and not ashamed. But this doesn't last, right? Uh, Adam and Eve rebel against God and break uh, all this community. Uh, Adam and Eve end up blaming and shaming each other and end up hiding uh, behind uh, fig leaves, which is a really great description, really, of what uh, relationships are like in our fractured world. Community is the one thing we crave, and it's the one thing we can't find. Because instead of love and trust, Everybody is posturing and posing and hiding behind fig leaves. Everybody is hiding and covering up behind masks that destroy the possibility of the community we crave. Have you heard about this guy? Uh, This guy is desperate for a job, and he hears uh, that a zoo is advertising employment opportunities And the hiring manager explains that they've just lost one of their main attractions at the zoo. Uh, The gorilla has just been transferred to another zoo, and the job on offer for this guy is to get into a gorilla suit and pretend to be a gorilla. And this guy is desperate, so he says, all right, I'll do it. 
So they get him in a suit and tell him to stay in the far corner of the cage to be inconspicuous. But this guy is a true actor. And so he gets into this whole role of being a gorilla. And while he is uh, swinging on the trapeze, he overdoes it and actually swings over his cage into the next cage, <laughs> which is the lion cage. He lands on the ground and he sees the lion in the far corner of the cage and he panics and within his gorilla suit he starts to scream, let me out of here, get me out of here. And, he's, and people, the uh, customers in the zoo start looking around to see where this voice is coming from and meanwhile the lion lunges toward the guy in the uh, gorilla suit from the far corner of the cage and to this guy's horror the lion comes within inches of his face and he can feel the hot breath of the lion on his face and suddenly the guy in the gorilla suit hears a voice whispering from inside the lion saying shut up pal or we're both lose our job. <laughs> Turns out this guy is not the only phony in the zoo. He's a phony in a zoo full of phonies. And the same goes for you. You think you're the only one who feels alone? You think you're the only one who feels like you could not risk being your real self. You feel like you're the only one who would never dare to take off the mask. No, you're not alone. It's a zoo out there. It's a zoo where the community we crave is a lost Eden none of us can find until Jesus. Until Jesus, who dies on the cross, uh, comprised of a vertical beam and a horizontal beam, perfectly illustrating his mission, which is to restore community on a, on a vertical level and on a historical level, on a, on a uh, horizontal level. Jesus opened the door of a restored relationship with God, and when by faith I enter that door, I find that Jesus, through the cross, has simultaneously opened the door to community on a horizontal level with other believers. Jesus calls me to enter that door and find the lost Eden. The Son calls me to thrive in community. Through the Gospels, Jesus calls me to enter this new community that is the combination of a restored relationship with God and a restored relationship with other Christ followers. Jesus calls me into this community that is built on something that is familiar to everyone, but Jesus defines in a whole different way. It's all built on love. As Jesus says in John 15, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. My call is this, 
love each other as I have loved you. Here Jesus again highlights the vertical and the horizontal aspects of his mission. Jesus explains that he is the bridge between the community that is enjoyed uh, from eternity past by the Father, Son, and Spirit. Jesus is the bridge between this original community and the community God has created me to thrive upon in this world. And you may be saying, okay, I am ready. Bring on the community. Bring on those who will love me, love me in community. That's not going to work. Because the call from Jesus is not to sit back and wait to be loved. The call from Jesus is for me to overflow on others the love that Jesus gives to me. The call is for me to start showing Jesus' kind of love. What is Jesus' kind of love? Well, Jesus answers that question with a story. It's a story of a guy who walks a lonely canyon road from Jericho to Jerusalem. And along the way, a band of thugs comes upon him and beats him so severely that he is bleeding and dying on the side of the road. And Jesus says that later, a religious professional uh, comes walking along. He sees the wounded man, but quickly bows his head in prayer as if praying to pretend he didn't see the dying man so that he could stay on schedule. And Jesus says a little bit later, a religious layman comes by and he sees the wounded man, but immediately pretends by getting out his Bible scroll and burying his head as reading to pretend he doesn't see the dying man so he can stay on schedule. And finally, a person with Jesus' kind of love comes along, sees the man uh, wounded on the side of the road, and he stops and he tends to this man's wounds. He cares for this man, and out of his own expense, his own resources, pays for his medical care. And Jesus says that what this good Samaritan does in this story, Jesus says, this is what I mean by love. In this story, Jesus explains that his kind of love involves stopping my nonstop schedule to make time for people who are not perfect, people who may not at all be like me. Love, through this story, Jesus says, is not pretending. It's stopping the phoniness. Love is not just being friendly. Love is the costly, messy task of actually being a friend. So I guess you could say that life-giving friendship is not virtual. Uh, community is not having a host of Facebook friends. Community is, it involves real people with real imperfections and real needs. Community is 
stopping my nonstop schedule long enough to be there and care for someone with needs and to engage in the inconvenience of binding messy wounds and sacrificing a little of myself in an unselfish act of love. Jesus says that true community that I crave begins when I stop and make time to receive this Jesus kind of love and express this kind of love out of the overflow of what Jesus shows me in the way of love. And I'm emphasizing this Jesus definition of love in order to confirm the obstacle, the number one obstacle between you and the community that you crave. I'm here to confirm that, uh, that the obstacle has to do with your schedule. Now, assuming that BlackRock is your church, uh, today we're going to present to you five or six options for engaging in real community here at BlackRock. Uh, you can join one of our community groups, which meet in homes, or you can join community uh, in a group that meets here in the church building, like Starting Point on Sunday mornings, or uh, Seniors of the Rock, or if you have kids at home, Dads of the Rock, or Moms of the Rock, or you can join one of our Living Free groups, like the newest one uh, for men who are helping each other find victory over anger. And when you hear about these groups, if there's an obstacle, if, if there's something keeping you from being a part of this community that you crave, it's most likely going to be your schedule. You're going to say, oh, this all sounds great, uh, but I can't afford the time. Uh, I can't fit community life into my life. I can't afford the time. And if you think I'm going to minimize the inconvenience of having real friendship and being involved in community, you're wrong. I'm not going to do that. The truth is that in order to be in the community that you crave, it's going to cost you something. And the question is whether or not it is worth the cost. I mean, is it better for you to keep your head down and keep on your non-stop schedule like the guys who passed by, or is it worth the cost of stopping and getting involved in community with real people? Well, my answer uh, comes in a, a final point that corresponds with the third person of the Trinity. The Spirit causes me to thrive in community. And by the Spirit, I'm referring to the Holy Spirit, who Jesus promised would fill and empower his followers and cause them to thrive. Jesus opens the door to a restored relationship with God, and if I enter through that door by faith, it's the Holy Spirit of Jesus who ministers to me God's power, God's peace, God's love through community. That's right. God expresses his personal love for me through community. Uh, this is what the Apostle Paul hints at here in Philippians chapter 3. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love 
that surpasses knowledge. Do you hear that? God loves you, and the way he expresses that love to you and makes it real to you so you can really know it on a personal level is to reveal his love to you through his people. And then Paul says that this same dynamic is involved with God's comfort and peace in your life in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. How? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Do you see the dynamic that God has going here? That the way he brings comfort to his people is through a dynamic of giving comfort to people to give to people, people in community. And this is something I have experienced. My mom and dad and my younger brother Bob are all part of the fellowship here at Black Rock. We have for years and years. And years ago, uh, after playing basketball at a local gym, uh, my brother Bob got into the back seat of a car behind two friends, a friend in the driver's seat and a friend in the passenger's seat. And minutes later on the road, something went wrong with the steering and the car holding my brother Bob swerved into the oncoming lane of traffic and they were broadsided by a fast moving vehicle. My brother's friend in the passenger seat was killed instantly. And in the back seat, my brother Bob was thrown so violently that he broke his neck and sustained a traumatic brain injury. Bob was rushed to the hospital where he hung between life and death and was in a coma for over three months. When Bob came out of the coma, he was paralyzed and could not speak. And then after years of grueling rehabilitation, Bob learned how to walk and talk again. And today, Bob is now part of our welcome team here at BlackRock, and is an inspiration to all who know him, me first, because Bob is my hero. But my brother would say that the real heroes in this story are the ordinary followers of Jesus, who in this BlackRock community surrounded us with this persevering support, who lifted us up, who cried with us, who held us, who bound our wounds, who met us along the side of the road, held us, and then celebrated the little and big miracles along the way. And I can say, along with Bob and my parents, that God comforted us through community. God strengthened us through community. God loved us through the love of Christ-following friends in this community. Let me end the story by just saying from my soul that I don't know how my brother, I don't know how my parents, I don't know how I would have survived without God's love and God's comfort and God's peace expressed through community. And so today, I'm asking you to sign up to be part of some real community here at Black Rock. Because if you miss out on community, you're not missing out on a program. 
you're missing something infinitely more important. If you miss community, you're missing the primary way that God fulfills his promise to bless you with love in Christ, to comfort you in your time of need, to give you peace and confidence in this troubled, fractured world. If you miss community, you are missing the primary way that God brings meaning to your life by making you the source of God's love and comfort and peace to other people. As you become like the good Samaritan with Jesus' kind of love, as you have the joyful experience of being an answer to someone's prayer, just by living out of the overflow of the love you have received from Jesus in community. Community is not always convenient. Community means stopping your nonstop schedule. Community involves a cost, but it is worth it. It's so worth it because through community, God will make you thrive. In April, I um, went for a routine mammogram, uh, and in that, uh, it was discovered that I had some abnormal cells and uh, needed to go for a biopsy. At that point, I hadn't called anybody. I don't know why, but I felt in that moment, it was just an intimate me and God moment. Get to the doctor appointment for my biopsy, and I closed my eyes, and I had very low blood pressure, so every once in a while, the doctor would kind of, you know, asked me, Priscilla, are you okay? And I said, yep, I'm just praying. I just heard God just say to me, I love you, you're not alone, and I'm right here. And that peace never left me. It was just there during the whole time. So I get the results and, um, yep, it was confirmed. I decided on the big surgery to have you know, a double mastectomy. I had to sit in a recliner for six weeks uh, and heal up. During that process, I was just, again, showered and just bathed in so much prayer and so much love. And although, yes, God healed me of cancer, I'm cancer-free, uh, the Lord brought so many more layers of healing in my life. I saw my husband rise up and be a spouse who took care of me beyond what I ever could have imagined. He loved on me. Um, more than I ever could have asked. To see the cards and the notes and the prayers. Um, again, my community group just surrounded me. We had great food and, and gifts and presents and, and people would come and they just wanted to come and visit me. The Lord just continued to pour His abundant love by giving me the gift of love through people. There was a sweet pillowcase that one of my friends gave me and had a Bible verse talking about peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you. If he gives us that gift, it is ultimately up to us as, as to whether or not we wanna unwrap it. That was the one that was my banner. That's what strengthened me that whole time. It was like something, it was something that I never could have imagined. Knowing that there are people praying for you, sending out a text blast where it says, hey, I'm having a difficult time. Knowing that there's a, an army that the Lord has set up. That's how I was able to sustain peace. That's what it tangibly looks like. Peace that passes all understanding has been the common thread 
um, in my walk with Christ. I want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online, and we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, and also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.